Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to look for the link for my other podcast. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies, covering, of course, 80s movies. And I do think you would enjoy that if you haven't listened to it already you can find the link at quipster.net. Today I'm going to be looking at the third part in the ongoing saga of John Wick. It's called John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. It's an R-rated film, just as the others are, for pervasive strong violence. It does have some language in it as well. The runtime is 2 hours and 10 minutes. Keanu Reeves is the main star. Halle Berry, Asia Kate Dillon, Ian McShane, Mark Dacascos, Lawrence Fishburne, Lance Reddick, and Angelica Houston fill out the supporting roles. Chad Stahelski returns here as director and the screenplay credited to Derek Kolstad, the screenwriter for the first two films, along with Stay Hatton, Chris Collins, and Mark Abrams. Now, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, by the way, is the name of a type of gun, but if you take it literally, it means to prepare for war. It's actually used within the context of this film. This plot for this film is a spinoff from something that actually happens in the second chapter, namely that John Wick is now excommunicado by the high table that controls the world's leading organization of assassins because he killed someone inside the assassin's so-called sacred ground of the Continental Hotel in New York. That's a big no-no that sees a huge bounty put on John Wick's head. Now, Wick has very few places he can run. He'll eventually run out of safe havens given the wide-reaching arms of the organization. So he means to keep himself alive long enough to be able to get himself back into the high table's good graces somehow. Nevertheless, the assassins are after him. $14 million bounty. I mean, they're skilled and they're ruthless and they're going to get him, especially when they're led by this calculating woman known as the Adjudicator, played by Asia K. Dillon, who's busy dishing out some nasty revenge on anyone who's caught helping out their buddy in defiance of their orders. I would like to say there's a lot more to the story than that, but that's basically the plot of the film. The rest is pretty much action sequences. And I should state right up front, I did not like the first two John Wick films very much. So it's going to come as very little surprise that I'm not going to be giving John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum my recommendation either. It's not that anyone really needs my blessing. I mean, you've seen the first two films. You probably know if it's going to be for you. There are many fans around the world who have enjoyed this brand of action perfectly well. They don't need my review, I don't think, in order to feel like they should enjoy this. Certainly, other critics seem to like it as well. The best thing that I will personally say about this third entry is that it continues to up the game in terms of the action choreography and the stunt work, which are really breathtaking. And uh, along with a modicum of a sense of humor about its own ludicrously superficial characters and their situations, I think those are the aspects that keep these movies from being out and out completely unappealing to me. The downside, though, is that these movies continue to clock in at longer runtimes, despite giving us very little to actually follow in terms of story. That and the fact that it feels like an adaptation of a video game without the actual game in existence is why I'm less than ecstatic about the franchise as movies. 
I mean, just like video games, there are coins to collect, there are weapons to trade out, armor to outfit oneself in, achievements to unlock, colorful bosses with these professional wrestling-worthy monikers to fight in escalating fashion. It all plays out pretty much like a video game. The only thing missing is a controller in your hands as it all takes place. You know, this is a movie that's completely absorbed in a fantasy world with fantasy characters, fantasy plot elements, and a fantasy sense of physics. And sure, I can admire the set pieces the same way I might the way that they set up jumps and ramp up the absurdity in, say, the Fast and Furious franchise, but that doesn't really root me into the story or what the characters are doing or make me care a lick about what their motivations are. And just because the makers of a film push the titillation button with wanton abandon throughout does not make it a good film, even if audiences are seeking nothing but visceral attraction. And they actually do come away titillated by these stabbings and headshots and desensitized killings and the underlying pornography of the weaponry. So the question that comes to mind is, what is there to this movie that keeps people coming back for more? And I would say, I guess, you'd have to ask an actual fan of the John Wick series, because I personally am mostly at a loss. Certainly, Keanu Reeves already delivers his usual hamminess in his approach to acting that fits in with a film that is as silly as it's intended. He's actually upstaged in this film by an even hammier performance from Mark DeCascos as John Wick's rival assassin named Zero. He's a John Wick fanboy who very much wants to be seen on Wick's level in terms of skill and respect, and is very honored to even be in the same arena. There is actually a great deal of focus on aesthetics that people find titillating, gunfu, of course, bullet ballets, melee weapons, you see blood splash on faces and walls, and a lot of glass breaking in this film. You see fiery torches and neon-tinged lighting and hot cars and sleek motorcycles. It's all very visceral. And there are a few adorable but deadly dogs in this film, too, for those dog lovers. And yet, for all of this, I have to fight my mind from drifting off completely for about 80% of the runtime of John Wick Chapter 3. You know, if we're in the middle of a 12-minute action sequence and I'm thinking about what I want to do for dinner once I get out instead of what's going on on the screen, I think something's not working for me. Meanwhile, I look around at the people around me. They're looking at their phones a lot, but they seem to be much more forgiving of this film than I am for that fact. Perhaps they're satisfied to have an escapist movie noisy enough to drown out the world awaiting them outside for a few hours without this overhead of requiring their strict attention. And on the way out, the conversations seem to indicate that they really enjoyed the movie, despite many of them not really watching the screen for large chunks of it. So I guess that's what people expect from movies these days. Despite the length of John Wick Chapter 3, which is already excessive for a film that's really only 10% pushing a story point, despite four credited screenwriters, there really is not an ending to this film other than a promise to continue the conflict in a sequel. And at this point, it's inevitable that they're going to continue to churn out these films completely based on formula as long as audiences keep flocking to them. All they have to do is come up with even more over-the-top action set pieces, and they have a movie to make. The only real surprise for the next entry would be if it gives us anything that we're not expecting. If they actually bother putting together some actual characters and a compelling story that's not just plot point setups that mean nothing at all, perhaps even I might 
be able to finally get on board for something like that, but I'm not holding my breath because audiences seem to crave little more than inconsequential killing done in increasingly cool and clever ways. So audiences like that are not craving any changes to what's on the menu anytime soon. So I would not go so far to say that John Wick Chapter 3 is a bad action movie. It does deliver the goods that I think people are going to be expecting coming in. And so by that measure, I guess it is successful, but it's not my kind of movie. It's not one I could actually wholeheartedly recommend as a good film by any stretch, at least not by the way that I measure films in terms of their quality. So the best I can give, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, is two and a half stars out of four. Two and a half stars on my scale means that it has the tools, it has the talent to be something that is recommendable to most people. I think this is definitely going to hit home with people who like action movies, but I don't think it extends its reach very far beyond that. So I feel it's of limited appeal. However, action movies are very successful around the world. There's not a lot of dialogue to have to translate. I think people pretty much get it. It's not a lot of thought that's involved or things that might get lost in translation. So I do think it'll be financially successful, even if it's completely forgettable in the long run, other than a few notable over-the-top action parts within it. So two and a half stars is the best I can give. John Wick, Chapter 3. So anyway, I'm sure many people are going to disagree with me and the way that I approached the John Wick films. You can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net. Feel free to tell me I'm totally wrong if you like. Or you can tell me that you agree with aspects of my review as well if you so care to do. Until next time, thanks everyone. And please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies and hey feel free to look at your phone throughout most of the action sequences it seems to be the way that a lot of people take in this film and they still love the film so apparently it's not a detriment to be looking at your phone for a half hour worth of time during a two-hour movie